0: EFTM
1: Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast With Trevor Long
0: EFTM
2: well, that's me, good day, good morning, good afternoon, good evening Whatever body time it is for you Thank you for listening, thank you for downloading Great to have your company um, uh, Look um, The show will not be normal today Because I've just been interrupted by breaking news Which we'll talk about I want to talk about Facebook, Um, so I've got a few calls on the line, and we're going to talk cybersecurity and scams with Tim Flinsky from Trend Micro, um, who are an advertiser and and sponsor at EFTM on the website, but uh, Tim has been in this game for a very long time, and I think it's it's a good time to be reminding ourselves about how important cybersecurity is given the number of scams going around right now. Um, Now, we're going to talk about email scams and phishing and the like, but... The other one that's going around, I've got to tell you, is these SMS scams. They are escalating like nothing else right now. So be wary and be warned about those, folks. Um, So, yes, be very careful what you click on, uh, both on your phone and on your computer and iPad and the like. So, yes, lots of that going around. Great to have your company, as always. And if you have a question or you want to talk about anything going on, tech cars and lifestyle, if you want to brag about something you've bought or you want me to come virtually shopping with you, and if you look in the market for something and you want to have a chat about what your options are, I don't mind trying to break it down for you. You don't have to buy exactly what I suggest. You, you can just take some ideas, perhaps. Uh, whatever uh, such conversations you want to have, jump on the line, go to the website, eftm.com. That's all you got to do. Travel along with you if you've got a question about technology, get in touch, go to the website
3: eftm.com. G'day, Ron. Hi, Trevor. What can I do for you, mate? Thanks for calling me. Um I've been seeing a lot of ads on Facebook and Messenger about these photo sticks. Yes. And want to find out, are they as good as they say they are? Uh
2: simple answer is no. Um <laughs> it's a tough one because they 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 legitimately work, right? They yep. they legitimately can do what they portray. But I put them in the category of not unless it's perfectly suited scenario. So the, I, they actually sent me one once, um, uh, the photo stick people. But the problem was it was – it had to have an adapter to go into an iPhone and it doesn't just plug into an iPhone or an iPad and just read the photos. You have to do a whole process in an app. You have to get it to download all the stuff. And frankly, most of them aren't a big enough capacity for most people's photos. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's for me, I don't think it is the best solution because really it just moves your problem to, from one place to another. I prefer, and people who, who listen regularly will know, my preference is for you to look at working towards a cloud solution. So do you have NBN or internet at home? Yeah. And, and yeah, do, you know what, do you know what speed you're on?
3: Um, oh, offhand, no. I know we're on pretty good speed yep. because we've got um, – we've been with Optus for years and we got and, – and the NBN well, probably in the last – 12 months, we'll it on.
2: Yep. Uh, everything, everything works fine. Yep. Um, and do you know if it's how much data you've got every month? Unlimited. Beautiful. See, this is exactly my point. You've got unlimited data, um, and what you can do is you can sign up for a Google account. Uh, you install the Google Photos app on, say, an iPad, iPhone, and you can also put it on your computer. And what it does is, over the course of time, because it might take days, it might take weeks to actually do the upload, but it will upload all your photos to Google. So you'll have this one month where you do this huge amount of uploading of data, but once it's done, Google Photos gives you the opportunity to very simply find the photos because really what are you looking for? You're looking for a way to manage your photos and find the photos well, that, that well, you're,
3: you're missing? No, I'm what what is I've, I'm not I'm not tech savvy by any means. so sure. I'm, I'm I've just turned 70 so I grew up before computers were even Absolutely. even even came into into the uh, existence yeah. as far as work life. Um, but what I've got is I've got an I've, wife's got an iPad mini, I've got an iPad yep. mini, we've both got iPhones yep. and on my um iPad it's mini it's only one twenty eight gig. Yeah,
2: and you were running out of
3: space? I not not on not on actual photos, which is surprising because I've got nearly nearly seven and a half thousand photos on yeah. it. Yeah, Well, I've got about six thousand one hundred, so I've got yep. quite a quite a lot, and a lot of the photos doubled up. So what I want to try and do yep. is eliminate all the all the doubles.
2: And look, that's that's another thing that the Google will do. It will see two photos exactly the same, and it will just not. It will just keep one of them. Um, it'll even tell you when one's sideways and ones one's not. And what it will do. So the Google Photos app on your iPad will allow you to see the exact same library. Um, and, and share the photos the exact same way. Like, it doesn't change the way you use your, your photos app or your photos on your, on your iPad. It just organises them better. And you've got 7,000 now. Wait for another couple yeah. of years when you've got 10,000 and 15,000. <laughs> and here, the number one selling point I've got for you for Google Photos is face recognition. It, yep. What it does after it's got all your photos, after about a month, you go back into it, and it gives you all these faces. And you go, on oh, who those people are, and you put a name next to each face. And that becomes a database. So I can click on my daughter's 10th birthday on the weekend. I just opened yep. Google Photos. I clicked on Victoria and I could see every photo we've got. And we, sent, we spent about two hours just on the, on the TV flicking through photos of my daughter mm. because I've got every photo I've ever taken of her at my fingertips without, yeah. having to, without having to go through photos of the other kids. It's just her. Mate, it is exceptional. It really is, and, and it's a way of organising your photos, and in time when space does become an issue, it's a way of creating a, a space saving for you on the device. So
3: I'm just while I'm talking to you, I've just opened my iPad, so Google. Google Photos. So basically all it's it's an app, uh,
2: but it's also all you need is a Google account. Now, uh, a Google account is free. Uh, Google Photos allow you to, allows you to upload a whole bunch of photos for free, and once you realise how good it is, you'll, like me, you'll be willing to pay for, for storage if you hmm. need to because uh, it's a game changer in terms of looking back at memories um, yeah. and, and finding those photos and things.
3: Yeah, so what, what it is, where wife and I and friends went to Europe last year. We did the um, river cruise from Budapest uh, to Amsterdam Yeah. and I'm in the process of doing photo books oh, nice. for both of us. Um, and it's <laughs> a nightmare. So what <laughs> I did is I started to download the photos from the iPad and everything onto Dropbox. Right now, the only thing with Dropbox, I've only got the two, the the free t- two, two gig free space or whatever it is, and or whatever it is, they want another 18 dollars $18 of something a month, forever. Yep. If you upgrade, upgrade, and, and it either goes from two gigabyte or something up to three terabyte.
2: Yeah right. Well, Google is 15 gig free, um, yep. and it's it's very incremental the 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 up up process from there. But in in reality, uh, I would also argue that the value of that backup. So look at it this way: I've got every photo since 1995 stored in Google Photos, and mm. if my house was to burn down and my phones and everything were in there. All I got to do is pick up any computer, and I can find those precious memories. Mm. And for me, that's that's invaluable.
3: All right. So I've just just gone in there. I must have Google Photos on the and it says unable to see, turn on turn it on in settings. I oh, lab photos. So.
2: Oh, have, a, have a play around with it look and go online too don't just use have you got a computer as well as the iPads we yeah, are just using iPads yeah. go online and set up your account and everything through the computer so you can kind of see the website first and then go back in and maybe you want to remove your Google account from the iPad and, and re-add it in um, but uh, unfortunately yeah, there's no there's no simple way to get rid of duplicates on in the Apple photo library mm-hmm. yeah. um, also the other thing to say is look duplicates aren't a bad thing I mean geez, they're it's it's two of the same photo, and also sometimes then they might look like duplicates, but they're actually just two photos taken at the exact same you know moment, milliseconds apart. Um, but you, you might find an app that does it. I've seen apps. Um, there's one called Photo Duplicate Cleaner, um, but I think that's on the Mac, not on the on the iPhone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I just I'm just nervous about handing over access to my photo library to a random app. That that then also has the ability to delete photos. (laughs) Like which which photos are they deleting? So yeah, that that kinda worries me a bit as well. But I'll just Personal preference sure. is Google Photos, mate. Yeah.
3: So I've just opened up the Google Photos site, and it says backup is wrong. So it says your photos and videos were securely backed up to your Google account and kept in private to you. So if I just backup is wrong, that'll, that'll start on Back me. them
2: up. And look, on an iPad, sometimes I find it, it, it easier to plug the iPad into the wall and turn off yep. the the screen. You know the screen turns off after a couple of minutes? Yeah. For the, for the backup, sometimes I just find it easier to have the thing open, have the app open. Um, yep. so that it just keeps going and going and going yeah. and not turning off when you do something else. So just every now and then go back to it and check that it's still performing the backup. It gives you a countdown. It yeah. says, you know, 10,000 images to go or whatever, um, and it'll feel like it's going to take forever. But, made over the course of a week, it'll be done. And, uh, and I, I just think that then give it a bit of time to process your library, to learn yeah. what's in the photos, and, and don't just think of it as another place where your photos are. Think of it as a storage system mm. for your photos yeah. because you can sort by date by – you can search – for riverboat and it will just show yeah. you photos that broadly include rivers and boats and that's mm. it's amazing it really is cool ron so good yeah. luck with that mate let me know how you end up going
3: right. so what i'll what i'll do is i'll, I'll so that that google photos I, I can download that on like i've yep. only just got it to shape a com- computer yep so there's, is that,
2: there, there's so a I windows just... version as well but there, and there's an apple version so you put it on the yeah. on the ipad you put it on the computer Follow the instructions yep. to, to where your photos are on the computer, and uh, it'll start the uploads there as well. All right. Good yeah. luck, Ron.
3: Sounds All like right, a fun challenge. Your really, really appreciate your, your help on that. No so, worries, yeah, mate. I nearly ordered one of those photo sticks this morning, but uh, it was coming from the states, and I think it was about worked about ninety bucks for a, a sixty four gig, which they said will hold up to thirty thousand photos and, and videos.
2: Yeah. I so, might look. I, he, I might take on the 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 task of of testing it once again, but the first time I tried it didn't go well. So um, yeah. I'll give it another test. Good on you, Ron. Yeah. Thanks for getting in All touch, right.
3: buddy. Thanks for your time. Appreciate Cheers, it, mate.
2: If you have got a question uh, like Ron, uh, get in touch anytime. Go to the website EFTM.com. com. Just click Ask Trev.
1: This is the EFTM podcast.
2: EFTM. Chatting anything you want to chat about? Just go to the website EFTM.com. dot com. Click Ask Trev. G'day, Damien. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, buddy. And you? That's. Oh, mate, good loving the podcast, by the way. Thanks, Champion. What can I do for That's you? Good.
4: Mate, I've got a question for you. Um, I currently have Optus uh, NBN. All right? And um, I'm, I'm actually on a really good deal because they gave me a bit of a discount a couple of years ago saying my speed wasn't up to speed, so here's $20 off a month. And I'm like, sweet. Now, I've got HFC, so I'm all over the technologies. Hang on. Let's and just Optus... rewind
2: a second here. So you're on HFC. And, yes. And you were being told that your speed was not up to scratch. Yes. What? What speed are you paying
4: for? Um I was paying for 50, yeah. 5020, um which was $70 a month. So they said they they emailed me back in March saying, "Look, your speed's up to scratch as long as you stay with us. Here's a credit of $200 plus $20 a month ongoing." What so, speed have you been getting? I don't know. I thought I was getting 50. So because I think I I tweeted you one time going, "How good is this? I'm getting 50." So well, I never complained. Mate, I've a, never heard a,
2: of anyone on HFC getting, because uh, those discounts and refunds kind of things were happening when Optus and others were selling, say, the 50 plan to someone on Fiber to the node who could yeah. only get 35 or 40. Um, and so they had to give these rebates and stuff. And also it's why telcos now advertise, um, you know, average evening speeds of 43, you know, so that you don't think you're going to get 50 on a 50 plan. The idea is 50 is the kind of, capacity, you're probably going to get 43, 45. But, yeah. mate, on HFC, I mean, you know, at 100 on HFC, you should expect to get 95, 96. In fact, now the NBN network has changed a bit. You probably will get 100.
4: I, I tested it last <laughs> night, Funny enough. It was 110. So you're getting 110 down? Yeah, because I updated – so what happened was is I updated my plan recently. Yeah. So I went – when, when 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 uh, Aussie broadband brought out the new um, 250, 250 and – and one gig, I rang them up going, Look, I'm going to leave. What else can you do for me? And they said, Oh, well, here's another $5 off a month. What? And yeah, so I'm paying $75 a month for 100 speed uh, unlimited. NBN. Unlimited. With, yeah, so. unlimited. With, yeah. And that's 100 40, not 100 20. This is their 100 40 plan. So um, yeah, I wanna, you can see why I want to stay with Optus. So in the last week, they've just released uh, Speed Pack 5 and Speed Pack 6. Um, now I know I can get two fifty if I if I left them. However, they're not offering the two fifty or the one gig to HFC at all. They're only offering it to their FTTP customers. Ah. But I'm I'm hoping that with your Optus guy that you have or you can speak to him that a I could be their test, um, get their guinea pig or something to to see if the two fifty would, would. I definitely know two fifty will work because I'm I've, Damien's I've getting
2: such a sweet deal. He wants. The two fifty on Optus with all the discounts. <laughs>
4: yeah, is that is that not is that not a good ask,
2: mate? that's brilliant. I think it's just buddy It's just brilliant. So smart, um, and I see why you wouldn't want to leave. Like twenty, twenty five bucks off is that's a huge percentage of your it's probably twenty five percent. You know, discount really. Yeah. Um, so I can see why you want to. So basically, our question to Optus is: if Damien is getting HFC and if Damien leaves and goes to Aussie broadband, they will give him two fifty. So they've checked their addresses. They've done the, done the due diligence. Yep. When or why, why isn't, or when are Optus offering the two fifty to their customers on HFC? And can Damien be a guinea pig?
4: Because I I know
2: you love being a guinea pig.
4: I do. Yeah.
2: Sad, but, uh, well, that's very interesting. Okay. Well, here's what I'll do. Um, when you're out of the, when you're out off the road and you're, and you're good to go, um, shoot me another email again, because I know I've got it somewhere from previous uh, back and forths, but uh, shoot me your, um, your address and Optus like account details. Yep. Um, and I will, yeah, I'll put it to our man Patrick and see whether he can find out at the very least why they don't offer it. And then if there's any plans to, you know, maybe bump some people up uh, and test it out. Cause you're right, maybe, cause it was weird that, you know, no one, it was weird that Aussie offered it to no one else initially. It was like, well, yeah. what the hell? Why wouldn't you? Like, Aussie had an absolute overwhelming number of people upgrade the minute it was available, which just shows how nerdy we are. So why wouldn't others? And I think it's because they're all a bit gun-shy because of all these speed issues. So, you know, the thousand plan, Well, yes. I, I know a couple of people on that, and they're getting 400, 500 Maybe 600. Like, you you don't get anywhere near the thousand. Whereas on the 250, I'm getting 230, 240, 250, 260. So, like, it's a really good number to be, <laughs> to, to be signed well, up to.
4: I've worked the numbers. As if I if, if Optus were to give it to me and I had that $20 at least off, I'd be paying 110 a month for 250, which is still a bargain rather than the 130.
2: So, because what does uh, what is, what is Aussie, Aussie charge? I don't even know what I'm paying. How bad's that? Um I think oh, I know. 129 is one
4: twenty nine or something. Yeah, so I'd still be I'd still be in front. This is unbelievable.
2: I wanna know what I'm paying now. I have to check it out. Hang on, I wanna I wanna check my bill. Profile billing uh one twenty nine. Yeah, one twenty nine is what I'm paying for the two fifty at home. I didn't upgrade the office because I want the forty up. So I'm on the hundred slash forty at the office, uh two fifty slash twenty. Just feels like was it two fifty slash twenty five? I don't know what it is, but it's just—it's not enough for me. I don't didn't like the up, upload speed. All right, no, well, fair enough. when you're when you're safe and pulled over, send me your address and Optus details, and we will ask the question of Optus. All right, thanks, mate. Stand by, guinea pig, Damien. <laughs> Have a good day. Good on you, mate, and thanks for getting in touch. So uh, yeah, interesting one, and and that two fifty plan. Look, it's a uh, look. I'm going to say it's noticeable. I noticed the difference, and. I don't know whether that's because we've got 65 devices connected to our network at home or whether I'm just a speed fiend. Um, But then again, and I I work alone at the office, so you know, 100 for me is pretty epic, but I'm streaming pretty much constantly. I've nearly always got uh, a free-to-air signal streaming because I don't have antennas and like the MLB or Foxtel or something streaming in the office. So I'm using it. Don't worry about that. Uh, Get in touch. Just click Ask Trev. (music) So this is really interesting stuff. Um, and this has come through just while I've been recording the show. Um, and I think there'll probably be more insight come with time. But the this war between the ACCC and Google and, and Facebook has escalated a little bit today. Um, you know, Google had their big rant and, you know, effects on the world kind of thing. Facebook have, though, published an, uh, kind of an open letter uh, on their news site Um, published or written by the Managing Director of Facebook Australia and New Zealand, Will Easton. Now, I don't think I want to read the whole bloody thing to you, but it basically says Australia is drafting new regulation that misunderstands the dynamics of the internet and will do damage to the very news organisations the government is trying to protect. Now, let's remember here the news organisations are claiming that essentially Google and Facebook are you know, almost monopolizing the advertising industry. They're taking billions of dollars in advertising revenue. And that's, that advertising is essentially being placed because news organizations have so much news content appearing on Google and on Facebook. So it's this kind of, hang on a minute, you're making money because we exist and da, 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 da. So here's Facebook's position. Now, remember Google said, oh, it's bad and it's this and a whole range of things, which frankly didn't make a lot of sense to me and I think we went through this in great detail on Two Blokes Talking Tech, but Facebook have come out much clearer. They say, Assuming this draft code becomes law, we will reluctantly stop allowing publishers and people in Australia from sharing local and international news on Facebook and Instagram. This is not our first choice, they say. It is our last, but it is the only way to protect against an outcome that defies logic and will hurt, not help the long-term vibrancy of Australia's news media sector. We share the Australian government's goal of supporting struggling news organisations. Yada, yada, yada. Now, they go on to say, and I think this is know pretty critical, news represents a fraction of what people see in their news feed. Still, we recognise that news provides a vitally important role in society and democracy. News organisations, they say, in Australia and everywhere else, choose to post news on Facebook for this precise reason and they encourage readers to share news across social platforms to increase readership of their stories, which in turn allows them to sell more subscriptions and advertising. Um, they sent, over the last, oh, sorry, over the first five months of 2020, Facebook say they sent 2.3 billion clicks from Facebook's news feed back to Australian websites at no charge. So... We have ourselves a real standoff. You know, Facebook not allowing us to share news sites means we're going to end up sharing Pete Evans rubbish or, you know, kind of just status updates and other web links. And the bigger question here is what is news? Like personally, I'm sitting here going, well, does EFTM class as news? Will they stop EFTM from being shared on Facebook? um if I sign a document opting out of this concern with the ACCC, will they still let EFTM be shared? I don't know. It's fascinating because you know from a an impact point of view I'm not I don't have a dog in this fight at all, but Facebook is a I mean it's it's an interesting one and I'd, I'd value your thoughts on this but the way I view our audience at EFTm, is that you don't visit EFTM.com. You see our stuff on social and then go there. Do you know what I mean? Like you're you're going there as a result of seeing it on Facebook or somewhere else. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, it just doesn't feel like most people get, like go to EFTM because they want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you go there because you see something of interest. Um, yeah, which is kind of, Extremely fascinating to me. I'm, I'm not sure how this pans out for Facebook or the news organisations. You know, the percentage of my traffic from social media is quite low. Okay, Uh, it's by no means the majority. Uh, I'm going to say it's eight percent. I'm looking at the data right now. But here's what I consider. I consider that 8% is our core audience. They're, they're our fans. They're, our, they're the people who like and, and join the groups on Facebook and stuff like that. That's our core audience. The 70% that find us through search, you know, with the greatest respect, folks, I don't consider you to be audience. I just consider you to be, you know, numbers. Um, I'm more interested in that core 8 or 9%. I'm more interested in that that family of, of audience members. And I wonder how this affects that. It's very, very strange. It's kind of interesting. This uh, this is not going away, this, this debate, this this problem. Now, the ACCC, I need to think about where uh, the ACCC media guidelines submissions, um, what the date of that submission ending is. Um, because that's what that's what YouTube were and Google were trying to do. They were trying to get uh, people to um, submit, make submissions to the ACCC. They were trying to get get people to make submissions um, in well, essentially in in favour of Google. But consultations closed on the twenty eighth of August, so it took Facebook waited until after the submissions were closed before releasing this letter, which is interesting. Jeez. I don't know how this plays out. Do you think Facebook is different without news content? Do you think Facebook looks different if um, if there's no content from the Herald or the Telegraph? or Like, what is news? And does Facebook look different without it? I actually don't think it does a lot for most people. I think Facebook continues the way it is, I think news sites lose out and I'm not sure how they generate that traffic again. This is fascinating. But perhaps fair. To know. I'm uh, I'm a little bit perplexed by it, but I tell you this right now. I tell you this buddy well right now. I prefer the way Facebook have approached this to the way Google have approached this. Um, I think the Google warning, um, the Google open letter, um, was just a very difficult to understand, kind of um, poorly worded, um, Yeah, I just don't think it hit the mark for most average Aussies. And I'll tell you what's also interesting. I'm finding it very hard because I'm, I'm searching while we do it. I'm finding it very hard to find that open letter. Um, I, I'm not even sure the the open letter still exists <laughs> um, or on Google. Like they've taken that little link off everybody page. Um, it's, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> like the ACCC response to the to the YouTube open letter is there. but It's very hard to find the Google one. Anyway, oh, I'd be interested in your views. Well, who do you think wins this battle? Let's have a talk about it on the next show, if you're willing to. Um, send me an email, eftm.com. Click Ask Trev. What, uh, does it matter? Do you care? Like, is this just all, what, what are you talking about? You're not even paying attention to this because it's kind of us in the bubble of media thinking about this. Like, does anyone really care? I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Very interesting times.
1: EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast.
2: Well, I, I don't know why. I feel like whether it's COVID or whether it's just scammers have got more time on their hands, but I do feel like there's been an increase in uh, cyber threats, scams going around at the moment via all mechanisms. And email has to still be the number one uh, form of uh, scam that goes around, phishing for our information, and there are ways to be protected. I just think that this is a constant reminder we have, and I've talked about this for a decade or more, um, that we have to stay vigilant. We have to stay ever, ever vigilant and, and try and stay ahead of the, the cyber criminals when it comes to you know staying safe online. So I thought we'd talk about that and, uh, and what's happening in the world of uh, cyber security with Tim Flinsky, the, the man at the head of Trend Micro here in Australia. G'day, Tim. How are you, mate?
0: Good, thanks, Trevor. How are you?
2: Yeah, real good. I mean, is it is it just me or is is there a, a trend? Is there an upward spike in, uh, in cyber activity, cyber scamming activity, uh, maybe as a result of COVID?
0: Um, yes, we've definitely seen a spike and uh, we think a lot of it's uh, in relation to COVID. Um, but it's the part of COVID in that uh, more people are now working from home and schooling from home. So, you know, we um, in the first half of this year alone, we blocked one billion more threats than we did at the same time last year, wow. which is just an, an incredible number uh, when you think about it. But, you know, it's as we move more and more of our lives online and having to do things remotely, um, we see this is continuing. Um, so I think the threat, if anything, is going to as the cyber criminals catch up to the new way that we're working. Uh, and we're uh, living our lives. Um, they're definitely starting to accelerate and, and change the way that they attack us.
2: And I mean, obviously, um, the attacks come in many and varied forms. But is email still the biggest threat for people? They're they're getting things sent to them. They're they're being tempted into clicking that link. Is that still our biggest kind of risk?
0: Um, it, it is definitely. It still makes up the vast majority of all threats, um, from what we see uh, around excuse me, 90% of the COVID threats and about 93% of our overall threats mm. uh, come from email. And it's it's just, it's the easiest way to hit a lot of people at mm. the same time. So not as many people get caught out with email threats, but the vast volume that we see continuing to be driven there just means that it must be a lucrative area uh, for the cyber criminals. Otherwise, they wouldn't be spending so much time on emails. And I think the, the, the part that people are starting to see is that, you know, With everyone now shopping online in some way or form, it it may Mm. not be your groceries per se, you may still go out and get those, but it might be the clothes, it might be, um, you know, a a gift that you've bought for Father's Day, Um, all these kind of things. And then you get an email confirmation or to set up the account and then you get uh, confirmation of shipping and all the rest of it. And they're trying to mimic those kind of things that we're doing these days and they're just sending it out to you know 10,000 people 100,000 people the same email at a time hoping that they get a few people to click on it it's a percentage
2: game for them isn't it it's literally all about percentages if they send 100,000 emails there's no additional cost to them for sending 50,000 versus 100,000 and all they need is a 0.01 percent to click follow through and they've either stolen their identity or gone for the for the full-on financial scam and I think it's often a really important reminder to people that this isn't always about taking your money. A lot of the time, this is about taking parts or all of your identity. Um, just trying to, trying to, that's why we call it fishing, trying to fish for, you know, your date of birth and matching that date of birth with that email address, which then match with the, with a name. And that becomes part of a potential application for a credit card. And, and that's what they're working on, aren't they?
0: They're definitely trying to do that. They're, What they're trying to do is grab this list of email addresses and passwords, Um, and that's the kind of phishing that they're after, because then Mm. what they want to do is do what we term a credential attack, and that credential attack will take something that, you know, you might be on some low-level website, whether Mm. it be a news website or something like that, and not really care, but that same email address and password you then use on your banking website or your government website. And what they'll do is they'll try a a credential attack against those guys to see if that email password combination opens up your bank account. So they'll go and try ComBank, Westpac, ANZ. And if they get lucky enough, they can then actually get directly in to where your cash and your money is. So, you know, what we have seen is that the, you know, the cost in the underground of things such as email addresses and your social media networks, etc., has dropped way off. But, you know, they are really a targeting identity these days. And, you know, like identity uh, costs in the underground, in the dark web, are worth two to three times the amount that just a simple email address is. So, you know, you've got guys as well who would buy the email addresses to try and uplift the information and then resell it on the dark web. And it's about creating that identity. It's about stealing who you are. And, you know, the financial loss that we see that people suffer um, definitely does hurt, you know, and and I think even in – in these times, you know, a couple of thousand dollars would hurt anyone. It's um, it, it's, it's, it's not a big environment. but and you multiply that
2: out across a bunch of people, uh, across a bunch of countries, and it really does add up for these scammers. And that's why it's interesting you talk about it as a credential attack and then you talk about the value of things. And I say this to people often. I say, listen, your email address is worth, let's call it $0.10 cents as an email address. As a valid email address, it's worth $0.10. Cents. But with a name attached to it, it's worth $0.50. Cents. And with, with a password attached to it, it's worth $5. You know, on the open market there, this is how it's traded and, and the more they get about you, the more they attach to, to that email address or your name, the more data they have, the higher value you are on the open market in the in the dark web, which leads us to that, uh, I think, brilliant product that you launched earlier in the year called ID Security, a really simple app which you put in your, you can put in anything from just your email address and your password, so you can put in your, your driver's license, you can put in your credit card number and you guys are then Securely storing that information and then searching the dark web for my information—a place where I don't, I don't go. I don't know how to get there. It's not a not a criminal underworld place I, I visit. But you guys are there searching it, and you can then alert me if any part of my identity is compromised.
0: Yeah. So we um, we found that this is the biggest form that identity fraud now uh, is going to be. I think the big tomorrow right. uh, for a for a home person in a personal end. the the part about you know, losing the $2,000 is that hurts. The part about losing your identity that that really does hurt, depending on the scale it's done, it can take years. And I'm talking three years we've seen in some cases for people to reclaim their identity, because how do you prove that the person who's impersonating you is not them if they've already gone ahead and passed all the checks? Yeah. And hence, hence the reason we created this product. So, um, you know, the biggest form of attack is on your email address and um, the biggest way people get in is by using your email and password combination. So, you know, that's the number one thing that people are checking with us. But we go to a level and we've localised it for the Australian marketplace where we can check your passport number and tell you if that turns up in the dark web, your credit card, yeah. uh, your, your state driver's licence number. All of these numbers uh, can be done and tested for you to make sure that, you know, like uh, I was speaking with someone recently and they said, you know, I have uh, an account with LinkedIn and LinkedIn, unfortunately, got, got attacked and 6.5 million accounts got leaked. But they have 650 million plus users, so yeah. it's less than 1% of users got yeah. attacked. And their point was is every time I hear about this and I hear something every day, do I need to go and change all my passwords? Yeah. And and this service, what it does differently is we will tell, we will tell you if you're one of those one of those 6.5 million people who got attacked, yeah. Because as soon as we see that information turn up on that dark web, we can warn you. Hey, you're one of the ones who have been affected, and you go and change. And because sometimes the companies don't even know they've been hacked, we've uh, in our testing that we did before we launched this product, we're telling people anywhere from 24 to 36 hours before it becomes public knowledge, anywhere out to two months. Wow. And in some cases, we've actually helped warn the companies, your information is getting shopped around the dark web, because sometimes the companies don't even know that they've had a breach and that that information's been stolen from them. So it's it's a great proactive way to warn you when you need to be worried about what's going on in the dark web versus what we hear in the news. And by the time we hear it in the news, it generally is a bit too late.
2: Look, just finally, the other product of yours that I do want to mention, because I think that It's become more obvious to me why this is important, and this is going to sound crazy, but as my kids get older. Uh, I'm realising why it's, it is important to have home network security. Now, this is a little box that you just plug in your network and then using an app you set it up and you set up some basic controls. And so I say, look, the, this, this laptop, that phone and that tablet, that's Jackson's. Uh, that tablet, that's Harrison's. Um, the, and you, you, you associate devices with people and you can have restrictions based on who the person is rather than the whole household. Dad doesn't want the internet turning off at 7 o'clock at night. But for the kids... their access should disappear at a certain time YouTube I want to be able to turn that off it's amazing how much control a parent can get um, not over their kids but in terms of setting rules and boundaries in the home with a device like home network security and you're seeing an absolute huge number of threats being blocked just by that little device as well because it's not just about parental controls it's about threat blocking too
0: yeah so the thing we found with this device is I think a lot of people understand with their computer you need some form of protection and you know, the protection that we run on a PC does very well. Yeah. Um, but this is more about what do you do with the iPads in the home, uh, the tablets, the, 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 the phones that people have, the Xbox, or PlayStation, even the TV. All these devices connect to the Internet. So, you know, from a protecting block point of view, we've actually seen people and had unfortunate stories where we have one guy who lost $10,000 when he did his banking on the web browser on his TV. Oh, wow. Because what what, what happened is the cyber criminal was watching what was going on inside the router. And as more and more homes become smart and we connect more things to our router, like uh, router, I've got my um, home air conditioning connected, my Dyson bladeless fan, um, but, you know, you can have light bulbs and everything that goes on there. As all these things are, uh, one of them has to have a vulnerability. And if I can take that over – Um, And unfortunately, in the dark web, there are websites where I can go to, where I can go and find three million cameras I can take over in the world uh, right now. Uh, It takes me about two minutes to do that. Um, And and this information is open for everyone, right? So if I take over that light globe, what happens is I can then connect to your router and watch all the traffic that's passing through the router. And if the router is your uh, gatekeeper between inside and outside of the home, think about all the information that flows over from your home banking to your emails to all of that other kind of information. So what we're seeing as well is with more people spending more time at home, whether it be work from home and school from home, we're seeing cyber criminals start to try and target in and get access to global routers in home because of the volume of information that's going across. You know, a lot of people used to go to work to do their banking. Now they do it at home and they're shopping. So, you know, there's the control of the kids um, and there's also what we're now spending more time at home. And, and the other part that we've just released on it um, is the fact that uh, what we find is that your phone does go outside of the home. Yeah. So we've now, we're now providing or adding in our Guardian product uh, free of charge with the, the Diamond uh, our Home Network Security. And what that allows you to do is those settings that you have for how you control your kids and what they're doing from so, amount of time spent on social media, etc., now works on their mobile phones whether they're inside or outside of the home so even if they go out and they're on a 4g uh or a 3g network uh, you can still track them watch what they're doing and, and just protect them in that world because you know more and more kids get phones these days and it's something that you know i don't think we can stop but how do you provide that protection and everything just to keep them safe and all the rest of it and you know, I think in the last two months, you know, one out of three of our, our devices that are deployed in Australia have blocked threats, a serious threat. Wow. So it's not its not like these things sit there and it's a, a 5% um, blocking rate. Yeah. It's a 33% blocking rate. And uh, even myself, my device at home, uh, people don't realise I have many. Um, I was at home and had a, had a look, 21 connected devices active at that point And I have over a 100 devices at at any point of time in my house. People just don't understand how connected their homes are these days. Every TV you put in your house is is connected, just absolutely everything. So um, it's just one of those things that I can't keep up with keeping everything up to date, secured, latest patches. This does it all for me automatically um, at the hub.
2: It's a great little product, um, and as I said, it's, a, it's actually so simple to install. It's, it's a power plug and a network plug into your modem and a setup via an app. It's a brilliant little product, Home Network Security from Trend Micro. Tim, it's a crazy, crazy world we live in, and I think that the next 6 to 12 months is going to just continue to, unfortunately continue to push these threats because scammers are, are realising exactly what you said we're, we're changing our habits and a habit change is an opportunity for them unfortunately so we all need to be vigilant we all need to be vigilant both on our mobiles and our smart devices across the home so it's good to have those uh, that reminder and those warnings tim so I appreciate your time and uh, and we'll keep in touch no problem thanks a lot trevor Trev, along with you, if you've got a tech question, you can just go to the website eftm.com and click Ask Trev. That's what Michelle did. G'day, Michelle.
5: Hi, Trevor. How are you? I'm okay, but I have a problem, and that's why I've run run you. Beautiful.
2: What can I do for you?
5: Well, I want to get my old PC hmm. and because uh, it's a clunky old thing, and I have an iPad, and but don't ask me what number it is. <laughs> um but it's playing up and I need to upgrade. And I have been told that an iPad Pro is the way to go. That will cover all my needs. And I'm just wondering if that's the way that you would go.
2: Yeah, what do you do? What, what do you do on the PC? How are you using it? What sort of things are you up to?
5: Oh, I do, um, well, Facebook. I do Oh, on, on the PC.
2: Yeah, what are you doing? Because uh, if we're going to get rid of the clunky old PC, we've got to make sure that what you end up doing is, you know, enough for it.
5: Yes. Yeah, so um, I don't do a lot on the PC. Now, the only thing I actually do is if, like yesterday, I had some tax stuff to do and I had to send some attachments. So I wrote an email and attached some documents and then sent them off and virtually that's the only thing i do on it
2: even my dear mother who has absolutely no idea about technology has worked out how to send attachments from her tablet so i feel comfortable that it it will work the the real then question is what are you willing to spend
5: um oh a couple of grand Mm -hmm. probably no more than that
2: yeah okay so the, there's two iPad Pros. Um, there's the 11, I think they call it 11 inch, and there's the 12.9 inch. Um, yeah. oh, what, what size is the one you've got now? Is it the kind of standard iPad from over the years? Yes. It's none of the big ones. Yes. Um, and I have looked
5: at the 12 inch, and that's that does appeal to me.
2: Yep. So you can get the 12 inch from around $1,600 but it's yep. only got 128 gigabytes of storage space but right. i do feel like probably storage isn't something that's going to be a problem for you because it's not like no. yeah I don't, I don't feel like you're going to be doing a, a lot of storing files and things on on the on the device so
5: no uh, you know
2: and and also michelle learn learn the cloud and get used to it and it will work for you so you'll actually be able to take advantage of some cloud storage to free up space on your iPad, the basic right. Wi-Fi only, so no four G. Do you think you need a four G SIM card in it, or do you just going you know, to use it at home and where there's Wi-Fi? Uh,
5: well, I I would take take it away with me if I was going overseas, mm. which is not likely <laughs> lately. But... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but I have always taken my iPad overseas because. But
2: no, but no SIM card. You don't put a four G in it. You just use it on Wi-Fi wherever you go, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So so you're looking at. About 1650 bucks 1650 for the 12.9-inch, so the big iPad Pro, the smaller storage, and just Wi-Fi, okay? Yeah. Now, yes. <clears throat> the that's great, but I'll be completely honest with you. I think this device comes into its own as a laptop replacement or a PC replacement when you have a solid, genuine, exceptional keyboard. And the problem is... That's expensive. The keyboard I want you to get um, yeah. is going to tip you over the over the edge in terms of price. The keyboard right. I want you to get is I think it's $550, 580 bucks. But, right. But see, it's got a mouse. You know, the little trackpad on a laptop. It's got that. Yeah. It's got a. It's got a proper Mac keyboard, so it actually feels like a normal keyboard. It's very yeah. solid. So when it sits on a bench and a desk, it feels like. <laughs> Everything you need in terms of uh, of a keyboard, um, and it's a cover for the for the device as well. So it's a great way to carry it around. It's what I use, but yes. yeah, that, that takes you poor, to nearly twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars. So you know, it's well, it's over budget yeah. is what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm telling you I'm that getting... that'll last you five years. Oh
5: wow!
2: I have got no yeah. doubt that'll last you five years because okay. it's it's their highest performing device. It has the highest power processor specs inside it none of which you're going to get close to using, which makes it a stupid thing to buy in some senses. What you're buying is the size of the screen. You can't get an iPad with a big screen like this without getting all that performance. But by buying all that performance, you're also buying longevity. Well,
5: so, that makes sense, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, I, I think so. Look, it's, it's it's a weird one, Michelle, because logically I could also say to you for like $1,100, we could probably find you a laptop at JB Hi-Fi that would do everything you need. And then you could buy a, a $550 iPad to replace your current one and you've, you, you still haven't spent $2,000, but you've got a replacement for everything you've got. So it's actually not a financially smart thing to do. But it's a single device. It's it's one thing to worry about. You don't have files over there and think, I don't know, there's there's this simplicity about owning it that I think is the advantage if you're willing to spend that money.
5: Yes. Okay. Well, that that's answered my question. Uh, your last sentence has answered my question, okay. basically. Good.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, look, um, right. I don't think you – I can't – my biggest problem with giving advice to people like you, Michelle, is – you you know how to get in touch with me. You you can ring me back. You can get in touch with me and say, that was awful. So I always worry about making recommendations to people. But I say this quite confidently. I I think it's more likely you get in touch with me in six months and say, this is the best thing I've ever done than you saying to me, that was a waste of my money. Yeah. I feel pretty confident about that.
5: So if I was to buy that um, and I needed a printer – what sort of home comp- home printer would you suggest?
2: Oh, look, you know, if you go to Officeworks and search yes. for, for search for an Epson EcoTank, tank, again, yes. and again,'m I'm, I'm just I'm just burning through your money here. It's great. Um, <laughs> but spend spend up on the printer. don't get a cheap yeah. ass one because you save money up front, but you've got to pay for the ink over time, right? Again, yes. get, I've got an eco Epson EcoTank tank printer, which I've now had for five years. And I wow. filled the ink up once.
5: Oh, okay. okay.
2: And the ink costs like $30 a, a, a tub, so it's probably cost me $60 to, to fill up the ink, maybe 100 I don't know, but not much, in five yes. years. So you, you, what you want is a, an Epson, well, Canon have them as well. They're called the um, Endurance range from Canon. And all you want to check is, and you can search online when you, when you find a model you like, is it AirPrint or AirPlay Print? So Apple have a thing called AirPrint, and that means that when you're on uh, your iPad, you're looking at a PDF or an email or whatever it is you want, um, and you hit the share button and then the print button, it just searches your local network for your printer and you just hit print and it works. It's just so great. I mean, it really is, geez, we've come a long way from having to install drivers and all that kind of stuff.
5: Yeah, yeah.
2: Most, most so, mid to high range printers now will be AirPrint compatible. So would you
5: suggest AirPrint
2: or the AirPlay print? Oh, sorry. It's just it's called AirPrint. I, I refer to it as AirPlay because that's kind of Apple's way of,
5: Air, oh, okay. of
2: doing things. But it's actually called AirPrint. You may actually right. find a logo on the box that says works with Apple AirPrint. Um, okay. But, again, a good store staff member should be able to absolutely confirm with you that uh, that a model is or is not airprint capable. So for example, I'm looking at a uh, it's a black and white printer, so don't it might not be what you want, but it's called the Epson ET I'm just going to write this down. ETM 1100 ET-M1100. So that's the model number, and I'm just going to type in Google airprint. So I'm going to type ET M1100 airprint and the first result I get says it has Wi-Fi, including AirPrint support. So, boom, that's that's a printer that will work. So, all you need to do is on your smartphone, just Google the model number with the word AirPrint and check. Yes. All right. Because you'll, okay. you'll very quickly find out whether or not it does or does not have AirPrint capabilities.
5: Right. Happy shopping. Well, that that's answered all my questions. Thank you. Sounds so much. like
2: a fun day at the shops. All right, enjoy. <laughs>
5: Thanks, Trevor. Good on you,
2: Michelle, and uh, no problems at all. If you've got a question uh, like Michelle, just get in touch. Just go to the website, eftm.com. That's all you got to do. <laughs> talking technology, talking cars, talking lifestyle, whatever you like, uh, jump on the website, eftm.com. Read about it, but also get in touch. If you've got a question, uh, just click Ask Trev. G'day, Adam.
1: G'day, Trev. How are you, mate? Yeah, real good. What can I do for you? Mate, I've just um, we're st- installing a pool. We're just about to put the glass fence up, and I just had a little this bit of. Must an ins- be
2: fancy with the glass fence, eh? Hey? Uh, remember- well, I haven't seen it yet.
1: No, it was only ordered today. So remember, no, remember no, back no, when I-
2: pool fences were just a bloody black and black wire,
1: and, <laughs> and there it was. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, the chicken the chicken yeah. sort of fences.
2: It's a bit more important these days. The fence, and uh, they are they are a very fancy item. So very nice. What are you looking to do around the pool?
1: Well, I'm thinking about putting. I've got a little area where I thought, "Wow, let's just let's make it big time." And uh, I was going to buy a. I was thinking about uh, a TV to put on the wall. Yep. So I need I need something mounted there, and I was going to get you advice with what type of TV we can have on the outdoor. Outdoors, uh, you want
2: to put a TV now? It's under cover, or what? What sort of circumstances is it in?
1: It's under a pergola, so <laughs> yeah. It's uh, There's no going to be. There's no rain okay uh so it, uh, water won't affect it um it gets a little bit of morning sun um until about lunchtime and then uh yeah because it faces i guess faces north
2: how much are you willing to spend on that uh that beast mate
1: mate um oh, i know prices are going down very quick so I, I know you you know your stuff about um just quality products what what you what you've seen what you've experienced how big, how big do
2: you want it to be then What what size tv
1: Mate, I wouldn't go in anything under sixty. Okay, uh, no, I, that's I, good. I was thinking sixty
2: seventy, yeah. Yeah, okay. So sixty five seventy five. Let's uh, let's do the old favourite, you know, search at JB. I'm going to rule out the the F Falcons just because you know you're a man of quality and taste. So I know you you're wanting to get something that's going to absolutely last. So we're talking, yes. you know, you are talking fourteen hundred bucks as the kind of base level for a sixty five inch twenty twenty model high sense TV. Um, hundred bucks more, you get a Samsung. About the same price you get an LG. So you're talking fifteen hundred bucks for a sixty-five inch high Samsung or LG. Okay, so that's your kind of benchmark pricing. There's a Sony there as well. To pop up to that next size bracket, it's, it's only another five hundred bucks. It's two grand, right? So mm-hmm. you can get a TCL or a high seventy-five inch at two grand. Um, Samsung's only another three hundred on top of that. So your basic your max price here is twenty-three hundred for 75 inches and your, and your low price is about 1400 for 65 inches. It's a nice little kind of uh, window uh, depending on really just what you want to shell out. And, mate, in the end, what are you watching out there? What sort of – like you, you're plugging an antenna in, you're putting a Foxtel box out, you're just going to do streaming. What are you going to have?
1: Yeah, well, I, I definitely want to. Um, yeah, the first thing I need to do is get the antenna guy because he has to get off the pond uh, away from the roof down to the garage. But I wouldn't get yeah, I wouldn't get anything under the sixty-five because I know they're only getting bigger, which is good. Yep. Um, I I wanted to get it mounted. I'm not a handyman so whatsoever. So I, I know I could try to do it myself, but no. I haven't got any drill, drill Just or anything. Call anything. U- Universal
2: I'll... home theater, mate. They're geniuses. Um, okay. You're, you're looking at three to four hundred dollars, I think. Don't quote me, but that includes the bracket. So they come to your house, two blokes uh, with a bracket. They do everything. They drill it. They they wire it. Everything um, done. Job. All, but you need to have power and antenna there first. Uh, they won't do Powers, that part.
1: Yes. Yep. <clears throat> Power's so, coming. But so I was going to ask with the uh, the type of TV. So you're saying maybe a, a high sense or what we say for the seventy inch, seventy five.
2: Mate, if you if you willing if you want to go seventy five inches, I think the high sense seventy five twenty twenty model at two grand is awesome value. I mean, I just think it's a great TV. It's massive. <laughs> it's going to look so good. I mean, you're going to be in the pool watching, watching stuff. It's going to
1: be great. Well, that, that's what I want to do. So you're
2: saying, hi, so go uh, JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman. JB Hi-Fi, Harvey, they're all got the same prices. Uh, not going to make too much of a difference. Um, personally, I wouldn't let them sell you on the install and all that. They'll try and throw that in and discount. Yes. but just, all, yes. just get the box delivered to your home from them, right? Just get the TV delivered done. Um, the un- the only thing I say about what you're going to watch, though, going back to that question, is you're going to get yes. the antenna done. But have you got any streaming services?
1: Uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got the internet, and I think the reception's reasonable. But I, the reason I, I I um sent you a question because I was looking at the uh, JBL party boxes. Yeah. Um, the speakers, and I saw the thousand, and I actually fell in love with that about about a month ago. Two months ago, I saw it. I was walking past Big Lee in Penrith. And I had a look at. I said, "Oh, it was about fifteen hundred bucks." And you, you, so I started looking at prices, and I, I can see they're around about their hundred bucks now, which is good. Uh, you said uh, that you could probably get them for about a thousand dollars, but. I'm what I was—that was my first question with the pricing with the JBR. I think you love that one.
2: Yeah.
1: But all I wanted out there, so we can have some streaming, so we can have the the YouTube. I can have Spotify on there, that sort of stuff. I, I found out that I can use the auxiliary 3.5 to just, go from the Bluetooth yeah, straight say, into I mean, the Bluetooth. Is that correct?
2: You know, it's not a, it's not a beautiful solution, but if you, again, if you do it right, what I would do, and again, this is just all money, Please. but I would put a. I'd get a Sparky. Assume you need a Sparky to put a PowerPoint where the TV's going to be. So Mm. get a Sparky to run a little plug in the wall, right, up near the TV that's 3.5 mil. And then down in the wall so that down at the bottom of the wall there's another plug that's 3.5. So you're not dangling a cable from the TV all the way to the speaker you just you know you just got a little patch leads kind of thing you could do it quite cleanly and nicely but yes you can okay. have a you can have a 3.5 mm uh, cable do you know what you do i go to a, there's a there's a website called cable chick um, it's actually not a, a chick running it it's a bloke but you know it's a, it's a website called cable chick it's where mm-hmm. i buy all my cables you could probably buy a 3 or 4 or 5 meter cable that is 3.5 mm each end which will then work so that you can put the speaker, you know, position it where you want it to be. It's underneath the TV, or you can uh, move it around, do what you need with it. Um, and that speaker then becomes kind of your your entertainment speaker as well as your your TV speaker. Bit of a double play for you.
1: Well, that's what I thought. I said, out in the pool area, we're definitely gonna have some music. I thought we have a bit of streaming from the pool. The kids will love a little a movies on or if the yep. foot on, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah. the, the the surround sound is something we don't need. We nah. just need a bit of volume, a bit just of bass. Want, you just want sound. Uh, what, yeah, and I just wanted to know, do we do you lose a lot of quality of sound going with the three point five into a party box? No, or is not it at just all? sound beautiful? No,
2: nah, it'll sound great.
1: I mean, well, that's what I, thought. That's I
2: mean, all look, I need then. I, don't, I mean, you could put a sound bar there, but I would argue the party box is louder. Party yeah. box is, you know, some serious sound. So I don't think you'd, I don't think you'd notice personally. I think you're going to have a great booming sound. You can have some great parties, mate. It's going to be a, a cracker. Be awesome,
1: mate. Th- and you said that that company that actually uh, do all the installing on the mount,
2: Universal the- Home Theater.
1: Universal Home Theatre, okay. Yeah. and Tell, so them, I, does that tell have to...
2: them I sent you, mate. They'll, they won't give you a discount, but they'll, they'll at least know that I'm helping.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. Do you know any antenna guys in the area?
2: Um, no, I don't. Um, they might be able to recommend someone actually, but um, but no, I, I don't. But all I'd say to you is with with antenna guys, um, again, it, you get what you pay for. Um, you know, I would go with a large company like Mystery Antenna, Jim's Antenna it's kind of proper yes. – make sure the person – is is quoting you a call out fee because if they're willing to come out for nothing, they're I don't know what you know how they're making money, right? The the best antenna people have thousands of dollars worth of equipment to ensure that you get the correct signal at the right place with the right boosters. So yeah, again, don't skimp on that because that's gonna that's gonna ruin the yes. whole experience.
1: Well, exactly, exactly. If we're going Bluetooth with the uh, the speaker, you've got the TV out there. It's it's away from the uh uh, the, the portal for the internet. So yeah. I think we've got we've got an extended plug halfway for uh, the solar panels anyway. But yeah. um, that was the main question. Right. Was that, well, that good box, it, mate. Yeah.
2: Sounds like fun, mate. Good. Enjoy the party box, my man.
1: Thanks for answering, mate. Good on your trip. mate. Good on you. Right, good good on good on
2: you, on you. And if you got a question like Adam, you can uh, jump on the website EFTM.com
1: EFTM. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM podcast.
2: Well, thank you for listening. Love it to have you company. Um, very fascinating. I'm still, I'm still digesting the Facebook stuff. Um, and I think you'll hear a lot more about that over the uh, few days ahead. Um, but anyway, in the meantime, I'd love to hear from you about that or anything else going on. Uh, hit me up on the website. Go to the website, eftm.com. Just click Ask Trev. That's all you're good to do. And um, if you are inclined, leave a rating, leave a review, all that kind of stuff. But hey, most important, I just like knowing you exist. So... Get in touch and say good day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for nighting. Let's do it all again next week.